you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Welcome to Deep Dive where we dive deep into geocaching topics. Each episode features in-depth discussions and aims to provide a deeper understanding and appreciation of geocaching and to inspire listeners to explore new aspects of our great sport. And I'd like to welcome tonight, of course, my co-host. There's Jesse. Me. <laughs> yes. And uh, our guest tonight, Mark Webb. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Uh, we um, we go back a few years, and we're going to be um, discussing uh, such tonight. So, um, yep, hashtag for tonight is Mark. Hashtag Mark for anyone who wants to win. Let me get the giveaway tool now, Jesse, before I forget. That's right. To do it twice, so. It's so professional right. when we have to do that. We have to re. I know we episode. Yeah. We sound yeah. We act like we're we're so professional when we have to do it twice. So we we should um, be professional. We get paid so much for this, you know. Uh, I didn't know. We do don't. Oh no, I I don't know. You're making money. I didn't know about. So hmm. I was waiting on those checks from you. I figured they were just late. Yeah, exactly. Um, we do appreciate. Um, and we do need everybody to do hashtag Mark again. For some reason it's not picking up. I'm doing it again. Hashtag Mark. There's the doggy. There we go. Now it's working. Okay. Um, it's a good puppy dog. I heard there. Yeah. Sadly, he's like rooms away too. So. Yeah. He's right there. Um, yeah, he's just big. So <laughs> double, I will, you're right, Ryan, I will double it tonight. So yeah, I'm getting paid twice as much as the reviewers get paid. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Zero, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. But saying that though, we do appreciate all our patrons who do pay oh, gosh, yes. the bills. Yeah. So yeah, well, there's no it, way we could afford to keep this show running and doing all those things without the, the patrons. I mean, no, I, no I would way. be thrown out of my house if I paid that money. So yeah. Yeah, we'll get a we get a bill and I'll go. Oh, yo! I was like, wow, whoa! But I was like, good thing is we've got people to that have been a been a part of it and help us get it going. So, all right. Um, so I want to do a quick. We don't normally do news, but I want to do one news item. Then we're gonna get right into the show. So trust me, I'm not gonna go crazy with news tonight because we don't do that on this show. <laughs> Thank you. 
CashFest Oklahoma. We are a sponsor of CashFest Oklahoma. GTN is a proud sponsor. And we are really excited about uh, next year. Uh, we are working toward a magic number. I won't tell everybody why, but it's really important that an event gets to 300 Willitons and then magic happens at that time. So help us create magic by helping us get to 300 Willitons. If you're a, and will attend is not really a good, I think it's a misnomer. I think it should be called might attend because if you might, well, if you're a will, that's an easy one. But if you're a maybe attend, consider the will attend button also a maybe or might attend because if you're might attend or maybe attend, but you'd like to keep up with what's going on, you can't get updates right uh, without a will a will attend, even though if you're not uh, you're an unsure attend. So but there's all yeah, there's reasons for that too. One, we're yeah. not soliciting people. If you're not gonna go and you're not gonna be no. anywhere in the country, don't put it on there. We don't no. want this is not the ones we're not asking for your dog to put a will attend on there. We don't no we don't want no. the bogus ones, right? Um, but the reason why the difference between a regular event and a mega event, and I'm not just in general for people to know is how HQ helps get the word out. So for people from other countries and things like that, a local event, which, you know, the small events start off as is different in how it goes out than a mega event and how people know. So for planning purposes for people, that's why they let you do it, you know, a year out. And yeah. so that you can spread the word to the whole world as opposed to a local event, which doesn't really get spread. So for people to find out about some of these mega events is different. That's why mega events are so, so keen on having that mega status is so more people can know about it and people can make their travel plans from, you know, from around the world. It's not yeah. just because it's like, Oh, cool. We get a different icon. So there's other reasons for that as well. So, and we, you know, we may need to go into that one day that the difference in a mega status, you know, what yeah. mega status actually means besides getting people different icons. Maybe we need to get into that so people, because unless you've really hosted them or been part of the volunteer squad, you don't see a lot of the stuff from behind the scenes and why things are done in such weird ways. So, but yeah. that's not for tonight, but uh, no, that, that's good. There's a lot of things that I didn't know about it either until we started messing around and helping people host them. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, it is fascinating. Um, speaking of one of the events that, um, Jesse is unsure that actually occurred. Oh gosh. Which this was conspiracy stuff. Which got had to get 3000 will attend, which it did, which was very excited. See you, you, the good puppy dog was excited too about it, which was Gigastock, which was uh, in Cincinnati. And um, I asked Mark before the show, I was like, we took a photo, didn't we? He goes, Oh yeah, I got a, I got a copy. So I've got a copy of us, and we figured out it was 2018, right, Mark? Is that what we? Yep. May of 2018. Right, cool. 2018. So here, here we are. Uh, I haven't aged a bit, but you've you've gotten you've gotten older. So there we are, <laughs> the two of us in Cincinnati at uh, at Gigastock. So, um, uh, what was? let's talk about that and then we'll go backward. So what, what, what was your, what, what's your memories of, of Gigastock? Sure. So Cincinnati Woodstock, I think was my third Woodstock. My first one was in 
Sellersburg, um, after that, Boonesboro, and then mm-hmm. into Cincinnati. So that right. was always a weird time frame with just like school events and graduations and weddings and like all the things seemed to happen right at the end of May. So didn't get to as many Woodstocks as I would have liked to. Um, but being in Cincinnati and I'm from West Virginia, it was only like, you know, a five, six hour drive comparatively. That's pretty good. So to be that high concentration of such like high level cashers, you know, it, it was a who's who of everyone in the, the geocaching community, like the, you know, Josh blogger was there. Um, so mm-hmm. Zach from South Dakota was there. Uh, you were there, you know, it was just a great uh, collection to see like all these people that you kind of recognize from online and the great stuff that everyone does in their own respective communities. It was cool to kind of pull all these people together into this one space. Yeah. Um, Hodags mentioned, we, we called it giga stock. It was geo Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Geo Woodstock went giga that year in Cincinnati. So we affectionately call it giga stock case you're wondering, but uh, yeah. Do, so how old would you have been? For that event do you remember well you can gonna make me do math here <laughs> i know you gotta do math um i think That's... i was 16 15 15 16 somewhere somewhere in that range it was like my okay. sophomore year of high school okay cool yeah so um so for t- uh one of the things we're gonna do tonight oh yeah K- killer bees along he's a west virginia he's, he's west virginian uh, he was until he abandoned us and went to Texas. Oh, yeah. he ban- oh that's right. <laughs> How funny. Yeah, that's right. He's down he's down where I'm at almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Come see me, buddy. We'll go we'll do some caching together. Um <laughs> yeah. Um so and Jesse's perfect also for this. When I we're gonna talk about our kids a little bit as well, because um we all have sort of interesting experiences with, with the different uh, ages. Oh yeah. He's like, he's, he's acting like he's sad now. (laughs) I don't know how that's, how that's a possibility, but anyway. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He's east of Houston. Wow. If you're east of Houston, you're almost in Louisiana. Dang. Um, So let's, let's back up. So, what was your first geocaching experience? How old were you? And if you can kind of think back on, was it a good one? Cause like Jesse's wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it was lame. My first one was lame. Jesse's was lame. So how was your first experience? Sure. Um, so I found out um, about geocaching through my mom she was scrolling through the parks and rec site for the county, just kind of looking right. for like youth groups, club sports, different things like that. At the time, my brother was super involved in like baseball, basketball, soccer. Like he did all the things um, and I didn't really do all the things. So just looking for anything to kind of get involved. And she kind of recognized geocaching from something that my uncle has mentioned in passing that he did it you know, from time to time. So she made an account, mm. kind of looked into it. And we noticed that there was a geocache at the ballpark that my brother like played at. It felt like every day we were there every night. So <laughs> Live there. it was kind of a, a case of like, you know, this, this hidden thing has been under our nose this whole time. And like, we've never experienced it before. Like we've never noticed it. How did we not know this like hidden treasure was right in our community park? So right. that afternoon, 
um, like this was in 2009. So I was eight years old. Um, my mom like printed out the cash pages because that, that was the day where you had to actually like print your notes. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember those days. We didn't have a GPS. All we had was a, a compass from Boy Scouts. And oh, it was dang. a multi. Yeah. yeah. Old school, man. <laughs> so it was a multi where you had to go to a coal mining memorial and like count different things around the memorial. And then that gave you coordinates to the final. And I still don't know how the heck we were able to figure this out, but there was a chain link fence that kind of wrapped around the perimeter of the park. And it was a fence cap that you kind of pulled off and the, mm. the cache was underneath that. So yeah, I would say from that moment on, it was pretty much hook, line, sinker. I mean, it, it was a pretty good first experience from there. We kind of went to other local parks and things still without a GPS and just kind of wandered around enough <laughs> until we stumble across um, just using the clues and the maps and kind of what we had. And then right. we got, you know, barred GPSs from different friends, see if we would like it, that sort of thing. And it just kind of snowballed until we got our own. And yeah. Rest is history. That's incredible. And That's you were crazy. how old at this time? I was eight. It was uh, July of 2009. But What's that? Uh, Mark is slightly younger than us. I don't know if y'all can tell that by looking <laughs> at us, but we'll go ahead and put the spoiler in now. Mark's slightly younger than us. So eight years old. That's pretty cool. That's a cool, like, obviously it wasn't around when we were eight years old. So it's, our kids were, but so that's, you're that, that new next generation that's coming in and can grow up the whole time with it. That's pretty cool. Right. I've, so I've been playing for 13 years now. So I've been playing for, I've been playing geocaching for more years than I've not been playing geocaching. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. I mean, I crossed that, that bridge a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mark's 21 now. Very cool. And, um, let people know, uh, what you're currently doing. Sure. Uh, so I just graduated college at West Virginia university with my undergrad in advertising and public relations. Uh, I work full time for the university as a social media specialist doing a lot of photo video, um, graphic content so every day i get to speak to 151,000 mountaineers which is and... definitely a, a cool thing to to kind of like interact with these people from all across the globe that kind of have this connection to appalachia and um the you know the pride for west virginia so right now i'm in grad school getting my master's degree in marketing and then see where life takes me after that that's awesome very cool yeah that's that's really awesome yeah so 13 years. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of time, but an interesting time. Um, so during those 13 years, do you, f- I mean, we all go through in, you know, our, during those 13 years in our sport, you know, we've all kind of had sort of ups and downs, um, I'm trying to think how I've been, I started in 06, so whatever that is, 17 years? 16, 16, 17, depending on. Yeah, right there. Um, There was, uh, life got in the way for us. Um, I was fortunate enough to know that there was a couple years, or there was one year where I at least found a cache that year. And so I kept the streak going. But how do you feel like, when you look back over those 13 years, were you always gung ho about the sport or were you kind of 
how did that kind of go do you think over those years sure so for the first uh about decade you know um Mm -hmm. for the first eight or nine years i didn't have the ability to drive so i was really relying on my parents uh, my grandparents neighbors friends literally anyone who would take me (laughs) i didn't care where we were going or what we were going to go find like i just wanted to be out i just wanted to to go cashing so you know it started yeah. <laughs> the the first year was all like you know my family went out together and we had a lot of caches close but then like oh we had to keep going to the neighboring towns and the hikes got longer and the caches got a little harder to find so mm-hmm. at that point it was just like my dad and I for a few years and occasionally my brother would come along um, and my neighbors at the time were really really into it so we would all kind of go on road trips and do like geo trails and coin trails and this that and the other um, but you can definitely tell on my like stat page, if you go to like, look at my fines per year, it's like all level. And then like, you can see, like, I get my driver's license and then it just, <laughs> it's like, it's and then off, off it goes at that point. Yeah. So like 2016 up is just like insane. Um, I would say awesome. like the first few years I did like a hundred caches ish per year. Um, and then now my goal is just to find one more than I did last year. So, you know, like mm-hmm. 2000 a year that's awesome that's a lot yeah it's definitely tough being where i'm at in west virginia because you know there's mountains everywhere and a two mile or if a cache is two miles away that's an hour drive down the road because you have to go all the way around the mountain so yeah it's definitely tricky to to kind of pick up some of these caches and once you've cached out your area you have to go you know Mm. to other places and different things like that. So it definitely gets harder the longer you play, but I've just been really fortunate to meet some really great people and uh, go on good adventures with friends and the different community members. So, Very cool. I have uh, found the solution to that is just move across the country. I've done it a couple yeah. times. So far. It works out great. It's funny how many cash are around you again. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it can happen, but yeah. Yeah. He's, he's making make you're making it happen you know like you said where you are now which is which is great uh but yeah that was that's funny um i've never even considered that obstacle right not having a driver's license that never entered my mind like (laughs) things that would stop me from geocaching not having a driver's license is never one of the ones i've been thought of yep (laughs) it's a it's a big one it hurts a lot yeah i can see that yeah mark says he's a great passenger so i guess you're you know like you said, you'll if you can if you can bummer back before the days of of having your driver's license, you're you'd like bummer ride. Hey, I'll, I'll go with you. We're going going caching. Don't forget me, man. Don't forget me. Right? Yeah. yeah Kevin uh, and I went on a lot of great adventures. We went to all the way up to Erie, Pennsylvania, and got Pennsylvania's oldest together. That was one of our our last road trips, kind of before he moved down south. So, yeah, yeah. whoever whoever was going caching, I wanted the invite. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We um, even, you know, what's interesting is that, like you said, your your experiences in many ways are very similar. You know, for all ages, you know your your memory of, like I mentioned about about um, Kevin, is that um, Killer B, right? Kevin, it's Kevin. Yeah, um, was that um, the trip is memorable because of the of who was with you and what you went to do we talk about that we talk about all the time it's like we we don't for the most part 
except for the crazies out there that went <laughs> crazy but the 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 weirdly numbered is just like like what number geocache was that we don't care i mean we, we you know it, it was somewhere unless it was a unless it was a, a specific number like oh that was our 2000th yeah. but if it's not it's more about the experience hey you know w- you know we went and did this cache together and it was a great right. time so i mean i think that that transcends you know age in many ways um but um interesting that you kind of kept sort of a consistent experience even over the years um i know uh my kids have very different experience the fact that i mean when once they were sort of uh, you know uh, out of the house and such is that you know one doesn't do it at all one does it occasionally uh when i mentioned to him hey you're in hawaii you find a cash oh yeah i need to go find one yeah and the other one does it more on his own um so like jesse uh hallie will do it well both the kids both the both the girls will do it with with y'all they don't oh yeah that's it's a normal part of you know life for us like like when you were little and you get your parents to take us or whatever uh well i guess i can't say my kids are little one of them's older than you but um (laughs) One home's 23 and one home's 16. So yeah. they, um, they, for the last, since 2009, we've been cashing since 2009 and they've been along for that journey the whole time. So they were little bitty and they've grown up and um, they'll go with us now. And, you know, like um, both of them were taught to drive by going geocaching. You know, I'm like, take me to another one, take me to another one. Um, and <laughs> so they've done whole things. They've both hosted their own events and had their own trackables and everything over the year. But, for us, and they have their own accounts, their own separate accounts technically, but they generally only log something like if we go to a new state together, they'll go and log that one cache. Other than that, it's just a family account. So they're cashers, and they've been cashing for longer than a lot of people, but they're kind of, it's a family activity for us instead of an individual activity. So it's a little bit different, but, um, you know, and one of the questions I want to ask you, and I'll, I'll, I'll lead it by setting up with them. So when they were little, we'd go cash, and then when their friends would come over, you know, like when they're young, eight, nine, ten, you know, eleven years old or whatever, their friends would come over and spend the night or whatever, and that was just part of our weekend. So we didn't even think twice about it. The kids would come with us, and of course, it was brand new to this other kid. But I, I always kind of, and I, I'll ask you this question too, but I always kind of thought about like how, because it wasn't around when I was a kid. How do you talk about this game to other kids, like when you're young? Like, did you, when you were a nine-year-old cashier, were you like, hey, bud, let's, you know? buddy from the playground let's let me tell you about this activity we do with my family did you ever like kind of talk to other kids about it or how did that go yeah i would definitely say there was some shared interest i was in scouts and a bunch of other programs and stuff like that so like the idea of geocaching the concept wasn't necessarily foreign um you know definitely would talk to people and like talk to all my teachers in like grade school and I'm sure they were just sick and tired of hearing about it because it, like <laughs> at that age, like you can explain it, but like you, you probably, the whole picture probably wasn't there. Um, right. So the, the definition of how I've kind of conveyed it over the years probably definitely changed and it definitely depends on like the audience you're talking to as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've definitely invited a handful of my friends. Uh, like if we're going to go on like a hike or, you know, anything like that, if yeah, some of them, like, you can see, like, the, the gears turning of, like, okay, like, this makes sense. And other ones, it's like, this is a soggy sheet of paper in a moldy Tupperware container. Yeah. What, what, what's happening? So, yeah. Don't focus on that. F- 
focus on the fact that we found it. Right. Uh, so what about as you progressed and, you know, once you get to the cool age, right, when you're like 13 to 16, everything you do has to be cool, right? We've all been to the, we've all been to the phases. <laughs> How did that go over with your friends? Because, you know, a lot of kids and you know, all of us go through it, like, you want to kind of like share your interest, but at the same time, you don't want to like put yourself out there too much because, you know, it's one of those, everything revolves around, you know, social acceptance and everything else. How did that go over for you through your teenage years? Sure. It was kind of a case where it's like, I would post on social and like, I would post for my geocaching friends, but like all my normal friends would see it anyway. Um, so it's like, everyone kind of knew I did this thing. Um, and I wouldn't like bring it up or like talk about it necessarily. Cause like, I knew in the back of my head that they don't care as much as I care. And like, I have enough self-awareness to recognize that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, bore whoever I'm talking to about this experience. But if the conversation comes up and they're like, Oh, I took a trip to X, Y, Z. I'd be like, Oh, I've been there. I was geocaching. You know, I visited this spot, this spot, this spot, like that sort of thing. So if like, yeah. if I could sneak it into conversations, I would, but like, I wouldn't make it a point to like, force its way in you know yeah right. i can see how that'd be weird like start dating you show up at your date's house the dad's like aren't you the kid that hides stuff in the woods yeah. we're not gonna do this you're dating my daughter thing i don't know that's right like, i don't know that i would advertise that that as much so that's funny yeah we've got uh some good comments uh they mentioned uh gina mentioned she says we've got our little starter this year she's eight so that's perfect mm. it's like eight's a eight's a good year to get that uh get that going so um brad tells the story he says we had a they had a local 14 year old that had no gps found 500 plus with just maps and hints like you were talking about Mark. Oh, wow. but in the geocache we bought bottom of gps so that's pretty sweet to do that so i mean that's you know feed that fire man get that get that kid going again so um so that's awesome yeah, happy hodag. We're caches. We're crazy by default. That's very true. Um, so that kind of leads to the that kind of leads to this question that mm-hmm. Jesse's kind of asking, which is: is there is there a way for everyone, regardless of their age, to somehow be able to sort of foster this? our great sport with younger and uh, I think broadly younger. Cause obviously I'm not going to, well, I, I may have exposure to certain age groups, but for example, you know, Jesse's got a unique group cause he's, he's a teacher, you know, my wife teaches. So she has sort of a unique experience, but like um, I have, different age grandkids and then they have friends so sometimes i'll take the grandkids with me and so i'm sort of evangelizing they know about geocaching obviously but then i'm kind of evangelizing in a sense their friends so other than those kind of things is there anything you can think of that would help sort of foster more participation from the 8 to 21 year olds Yeah. So just being in the game for as long as I have, it's definitely taken a lot of different evolutions and twists and turns. And I think COVID was definitely a really defining point in the game. You know, Mm -hmm. people were locked down. They were just looking for things to do. Geocaching started getting talked about a lot more. Um, Not always for the better, but 
<laughs> you know, there was a huge influx of people that were downloading the app and going out and finding their first caches and hiding first caches. Um, I would say like even still to this day, there's probably people out there that have found a bunch of caches and don't even know that a website exists um, that they can go and like log their caches because everything is right. done so natively on the app. Right. Um, so I think that's a huge thing and kind of breaking this this generational curve. Um, it used to be, you know, like pen and paper, print out your caches and use like an old school GPS. Um, yeah. And now it's just everything's on your phone and, you know, it's at your fingertips for anywhere. Um, I think social media is playing a huge part in exposure. Um, there's a mm-hmm. ton of great like TikTok accounts that are just very short, sweet to the point. And then of course, mm-hmm. like all the great you know YouTubers and vloggers that we have that are kind of sharing what they're doing, sharing their experience. So I think that is helping kind of skew the age a little bit younger. Um, I just think the problem with younger geocachers as a whole is like, there's so much happening in life. And if you don't make it a priority and you don't like really, really enjoy it and enjoy it for what it is, you know, you're going to put other things up in front of it. Um, You know, life just gets busy and you can't prioritize everything. So Mm -hmm. unless you're really into this hobby, it's just going to slip. Um, just recently, like this past year, uh, there was two guys that graduated WVU and they were working on one of my puzzles, messaged me back and forth. Uh, you know, I've never met these guys before, but I told them, you know, the final is kind of hard to find, but I want to make sure you find it. So I'll hike out there with you. You know, we get out there, we got talking and like, turns out like, oh, you know, I know this person and we have these mutuals in common. And now Mm -hmm. we're like, you know, super great friends, you know, went to one of their weddings and we go out, we hang out every weekend, whether that's going geocaching or going, you know, to play, you know, sports or board games or like whatever it is. So, you know, having a younger community is definitely a plus, but then you also have to balance the act of how do you introduce new people to the game with new caches that excite us, but are also accessible for the older players of the game. So, you know, in my area, we, we have a lot of cashiers that aren't able to climb trees, climb mountains, you know, jump over rock cliffs and all the stupid things that right. us 21 year olds do, you know, and sure. we have to balance. How do we make the game fun for us where it's not just all light poles and guardrails, but fun for everybody as a whole? Because if everyone's having fun, then the game can continue. But if the area gets so skewed, like if it's just puzzle caches and people don't like puzzle caches, then they're going to drop out. Um, so it's definitely a balancing act and it's very, very tricky thing to do. And you can see too, whenever you go to some of these bigger events, like Geo Woodstock, I feel is a very, or not a very, but like, it's a little bit of an older crowd. Um, it's people that just genuinely love the community and genuinely love the game and they'll travel anywhere. They don't care. Um, but then you go to an event like MOGA and it's these like Ironman type athletes that are there, like it's all, it's cutthroat and you're, you know, you're there to compete and that's the, the audience that that attracts. So it's definitely a very wide range and it's tough balancing kind of all mm. the different elements of the game. No, that's really good. So you can't obviously speak for all 20 young 20 year olds, right? I wouldn't try to get you to do that, but we're going to put you on record doing it anyway. But um, <laughs> if, if you were going to say just in general for around your age group, um, and obviously there's, there's different types, everybody, everybody's into different things, but what do you think is the most exciting cash, just part of caching for your age group? You mentioned trail hikes and tree climbs and jumping off cliffs. And I love that stuff, but admittedly it gets harder every year. So what is it like your age group? What, what do you think really attracts them to it that you've seen? Maybe not everybody, but that you've seen. Um, 
I preach this every time I give like a geocaching seminar or like a presentation or a talk. I always preach like tell a story with your cache. Um, if the only reason you're putting a cache in that location is so there's a cache in that location, maybe think twice about putting a cache there. You know, um, if it's a cool location and that it's a cool experience outside of the cache, I think that's what really draws like a younger audience. Um, if it's a cool hike, waterfall, um, tree climb, mountain climb, rock mm. scramble kind of anything that takes you out of your comfort zone, out of your element, just a little bit from the day to day. And then you kind of work backwards and you can enjoy all caches whenever you start to like go on those really unique experiences and you just have good overall experiences. Like there's good parking coordinates. There's a decent hint. There's a nice write-up. Um, and it's just the whole like story arc from the start, whenever you find the cache on the map to whenever you're signing the log. You know, if like those, if all of that is coherent and all of that's a great experience, I think more people would be apt to play. And especially, you know, younger um, cashers, mm. they, they want to kind of go through that experience. And uh, gadget caches are huge. I'm partial to puzzle caches. I know not everyone is, but I love sure. a well thought out puzzle or a well thought out like where I go, lab adventure, any like tour that kind of takes you through different areas. Um, one really really cool lab adventure i did was over in harper's ferry west virginia and it was sequential and you know the general consensus about sequential adventure labs is that (laughs) they're they're hit or miss you know yeah uh, because a lot of them don't need to be sequential but yet they are but this one it started at the john brown house where like the raid was conceived and then the second stage took you to the armory in downtown harper's ferry where the you know siege on Harper's Ferry during the Civil War took place. And then the next stage is at the courthouse. The next stage is where he was hung. And then the next stage is at the cemetery. So it kind of took you through this cultural event that you've heard about all your life. Right. Um, and it was really cool to like retrace the steps. There's a where I go that starts in DC, this like that, that follows the path of John Wilkes Booth as he fleed south after assassinating Lincoln. So just right. these really cool, unique experiences that you can tie like your personal interests. Maybe you're like really into history or you're really mm-hmm. into like national parks or you're really into like collecting the high points, any like other interests combined right. with geocaching just creates a great experience that I, I think a lot more people would be drawn to. And unfortunately we're at a point in the game now where a lot of the first experiences that you have are just a pill bottle under a lamp skirt. Oh, and while that's fun, you know, <laughs> after a thousand, you know, you're just collecting your numbers. But if that's your first experience and that's all you think geocaching is, you're probably not going to stick with it. Yeah. That is exactly my story. First one was a pill bottle on her lamp skirt. The second one I found was 619 days later. So it didn't, yeah. it didn't take me by surprise. It almost, sure. ki- almost killed you as far as like your whole career is almost over in one. Yeah. I one, wasn't even going to do it. Yeah. One so, bad cash. I do want to ask you about, because you mentioned this, but I, I want to ask you like about some of the, the more exciting ones that you've done, like either heavy terrain or whatever, because you're young, so you've done those exciting things. But I'll give you a second to think about that, but you brought up something I want to ask about, and you brought up Adventure Labs. So mm-hmm. as a younger person, uh, that's the oldest sentence I think I've said all week, but as a <laughs> younger person, um, if we have this debate a lot on the show, but we have a, uh, we have a different perspective on it too, but... Do you have a preference or do you have a preference when it comes to like old school caching, you know, traditionals, multi stuff like that, the stuff that you've seen from the very beginning 
and like the explosion of adventure labs that are not actually finding anything. It's a digital story. Virtuals fall into that too, but like, do you separate those in your mind? Do you view them differently or it's just all, you know, what's, what's so, your Yes, I definitely have a lot of thoughts. Maybe not all thoughts I won't necessarily want to put out on the internet. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, keep it G-rated um, for us. Family for friendly. Sure. sure. <laughs> I, I like to think that I am going to play the game within the set of rules that Groundspeaks makes. And if Groundspeak is going to introduce this kind of virtual, you know, spammy type yeah. of cash, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I'm playing by the rules. They made the rules. I'm just following them. You know, I, I try not to get too hung up on them. I just did a trip two weekends ago to New Jersey to do the iHeart New Jersey Adventure Lab. Cool. My new cash best find, best day uh, is now like 650 fines. Or... Dang. That's... Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not partial for Adventure Labs, but I'm definitely not against them. Uh, some right. of them have been really, really cool. And I love the use cases and people are doing great things with them. Um, but when I'm answering multiple choice questions in an airport, I just sigh and shake my head mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. So I'm like, this this isn't what they're used for, but it's just a growing problem that's out of control now. And that's the world we're living in. So yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I guess we're going to play it. <laughs> I, I am in 100% agreement. As long as it's part of the game, I'm going to participate in it. You know, luckily, they don't ask my opinion, when, you know, to run the company. So that's good. So that's good for them. But, you know, if they said January 1st, Adventure Labs is a fun experiment, but it's over and they're only going back to Megas, okay. You know, now I'm not advocating for them to be gone. I'm just saying I wouldn't even care, right? But as long as it's in the game, just like you, I'm still going to do it. I don't, you know, I, I like the word spammy. That's pretty good. But um, that's, good. that's what it is. I mean, it, it, is. Is. it is. It is. It's the same thing, you know. It's an eat little experiment. And, of course, somebody to the counterpoint would say, well, you don't have to do it. You're right. I don't have to do any of them. I'm going to do every just like that lamppost. I'm still going to do it. I'm still yeah. going to do it if I know it's there and I'm sitting there in a parking lot, but it's not, I'm not going to seek it out. It's not the adventure that we, that we all dream about, you know? So, okay. I, that's, you're pretty much right in line with what we yeah. were thinking too. So. so from a young age, I taught myself how to code where I goes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized how much of a maintenance issue those mm-hmm. are. Yeah, um, it can be. Yeah. But so like I really enjoy where I goes. I have maybe like 20 of them and in my mind adventure labs are just dumbed down where I goes. Yeah. Adventure labs are designed for the people that can't code a where I go but still want to kind of make this, you know, sequential or storytelling type yeah. element. Um it's just another platform to do that. So I really can't complain too much, but I really wish people just learned how to use where I goes and then it's really not that hard, is it? It's just not that hard. <laughs> it's not bad, uh, no. I, I no. can hear Jesse right now. He's Wait, he's sending me a message right now. It's like, wait a minute. Invite Mark back to <laughs> yeah. do a Where I Go just show. Okay. Where I go. That's right. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I'm okay I with that, too. I only got into Where I Goes because they are, I mean, they're almost obsolete in their technology. They're, they're old. That's the only, it's just kind of a retro thing for me and it caused people problems, but yeah, fully admit they, they should be better, but, um, I love them because it's like programming and retro. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's old. It's fun to do, but, um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, 
they can and and Jesse has converted me in a, in many ways about where I goes and that is um you could do some cool stuff oh yeah i mean i'll never forget and i would get on a tangent here but i'll never forget we were at uh going caching and we have, there's a spot there's the regular park where they have all the main events but we were off on a side portion of the of the parking lot and the craziest picture i wish i'd have like done a video of it i took a photo of it but we were all trying to do a it was a play anywhere and we were all trying to play through an imaginary maze to get to a final spot so we could get the information we needed to then go find the actual container but we had to look like we were all crazy lunatics, like drunk, because we're all like, we're watching our phone real carefully. We went, turn, go this direction for a while. It was just incredible fun, but it was so, so crazy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I don't want to get this to be a, into off into a tangent about where I goes because I can talk about those forever, of course. But <laughs> we'll do that. Same, to we'll me, do that some night. Yeah. To me, it fits in line with what you're talking about, the whole story. That's what I've always tried to sell people on. It's like, from the cash page all the way through the story that you're telling them as they go through it, you can really lay out a much more well-rounded story of your cash and take it to a good location, you know, from the very beginning to end. And I, I, to me, it seems like people would, would want that more. Just like you said, the, the full, there's more to the production value other than saying it's a geocache, go get it and throw in a pill bottle under a bush. I don't know how you attract people to the game that way, but when you're adding that complete story, you can really get pretty rich in your storytelling there and, it seems like that would draw more people other than the effort it takes to do it, you know, but um, I, I could see how, especially if you're getting into the game, you know, younger in life and moving through, you would expect more out of the game because there's so many other options out there now. There's so many other things to do that go into bare minimum because it's just not going to cut it for a lot of, especially younger people. Yeah. And I think too, talking about like COVID caches and um, like adventure labs kind of spiraled out of that. I think a lot of newer cashers, not necessarily younger cashers, uh, gravitate mm-hmm. towards Adventure Labs because it's a very easy concept to understand and it mirrors a lot of other geolocation-based games that we see, kind of like Pokemon Go, um, some of like the tourism-type campaigns mm-hmm. that are in different mm-hmm. areas. So I think that's just a natural progression more so than where I go. It's definitely have a learning curve. And oh, yeah. unfortunately, if people don't understand something, they're not going to take the time to understand it. So. Right. Yeah. So, is there a? Go ahead, Gary. I'll just say real fast. Well, one of the things that I think we need to all be aware of, though, is um, potential age of our uh, who potential age of the geocacher that might find our geocaches. That's something that, of course, is always in Jesse's mind. One Mm -hmm. of the things I recently had, and I don't know the age. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. uh, I'm interested but i can't find out right now but there's a fairly new cashier in our town and they went and found uh one of my hidden plain sight caches it's um and they had some struggle with it but i you know was really i, I emailed back like like you were you've done before you know i messaged them many times and they finally found it but now i'm sort of interested to find out like how are they and how their experience is going to be going forward, you know, to find out 
because like you said there's there's certain things that i think appeal to all ages but especially to to the younger age um caches and so i've seen um we've had on uh kevin he combated something else but kevin captain math you know he's talked about the experiences he had as a as a um as a teacher um you know uh being able to sort of gear some of that toward towards some of the younger folks um and i i think like you said before is that hidden in plain sight i think are interesting for all for all ages i mean until you're in, in it, there's something there that's to be found by somebody who's younger that keeps them interested in mm-hmm. the game i think is important um so and did you go get, through yeah gadget caches is another example yeah absolutely go ahead. That's yeah, exactly where I was going to go. But gadget caches are a more recent phenomenon. I mean, they've been out for a long time they are. now. But the, the explosion of popularity of them is more recent. But yeah. did you go through a phase when you were younger, my daughters went through this, um, where you were kind of excited by, like, the swag that was in the caches, like toys and trading toys, stuff like that, because you started pretty young. Do you, mm-hmm. did you, do you remember going through a phase where that was one of the most important parts of it, or at least this was an interesting part? Did you like to find the things in caches? I don't know if it was ever, like – the deciding factor for me Mm -hmm. um but i definitely was into the swag um i remember i collected like the rubber bouncy balls because Mm -hmm. you know they were different size shapes colors like they were just cool oh they were cool right um so i would have like you know my neighbors whenever we go geocaching or they would go geocaching they would bring me back and to the point where i had like a five gallon bucket just filled with bouncy balls and then i grew up (laughs) you know to the point where like 13 14 i was like well what am i gonna do with all these so then i just (laughs) took that bucket and I put that out in the woods and I made right. that a cat. Yeah, so I made that a cat. Kind of, perfect. Kind of cool circle. <laughs> perfect. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, um, one of the challenges we saw, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but like my kids were needing to, the, they didn't need the swag for any reason. It was just the fact that they could find something and trade something, the whole process of that. Uh, and then travel bugs, too. So that was a very similar phase, too. They really wanted to go find travel bugs, you know, you know, coins. Sure. And there were still some coins out back then, but there you were know, some travel bugs out. But I noticed, I've definitely noticed over the years more. Um, now I lived in Colorado for most of this time, so I could go out to the mountains and find the big ones, but they were harder to get to for the kids. Right. But anywhere in town, it seemed like increasingly we were finding pill bottle size caches as opposed to ammo can size caches or buckets. So the amount of swag available mm. or space or, you know, that really shrunk down. And I've always kind of wondered with my kids aren't young anymore, but people that are out there caching now with kids and stuff in it you know it's been a while for you is that shrinking of size and non-availability of swag is that hurting getting some of the younger kids into the game because it's i think they don't want to see this little bitty thing like this they want to see a cool bucket right some of them right i I think size in general is a problem i mean let's be honest size matters you can say it doesn't but it does um people go out and like they'll hide nanos on lampposts and stuff like that and like Yes, it's something to find. It is something that was hidden there intentionally mm-hmm. for this game. But it, the, the thrill factor of it just isn't there. But on the right. flip side, I've done caches where it's these massive ammo cans and all that's in it is a log sheet. So, like, that oh, doesn't yes. have the same effect right. for me either. I don't really care what the swag is. 
but it is nice to you know flip through like i, I look for like cool stickers or patches or pins like yeah you know, different things yeah. like that that might be like different locations not that i'm going to trade anything but it's nice to see kind of what you know different mm-hmm. regions have for swag and what have come and go gone over the years so mm-hmm yeah one of one of our group is uh, i've said this before but one of our um motley cash and crew folks he he goes with his grandkids a lot and so in his mind he's always wanting to so when we wherever we find something that is decent enough size we open it up as soon as we open up to grab the logbook he's tossing stuff in it like he just he's just constantly trying to empty his pockets of you know he always is always prepared to put stuff in because he you know and back when we first started years ago i was like what is he's like i never want a child to or a kid to get to mm-hmm. this cat this cash we're finding and there not be something and i was I like that. oh, that's a, that's a really good thought because i mean he really you know he really and even to this day you know i've still i've I got a whole thing here in front of me of he's big into coins he'll buy apparently you can buy like a whole bag of like foreign coins not worth anything but to a kid you're like oh what is this it's like you know some 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 bizarre here i'll show you my uh he's got me doing this stuff so i got a whole thing of these foreign oh, coins yeah. and so i i put them in you know i, I carry them with me in swag but they're not now I check them, but they're not worth anything. <laughs> but to a kid, I mean, you know, you just don't see these kind of, you know, these kind of or or smashed pennies. I've got smashed pennies in here too. But like when you find something that's just out of the ordinary, they're like, oh, cool. I mean, they're just you know. So he's really thinking ahead, and I, I think, I think too often we don't think ahead. You know, not only just swag, but also uh, something that always I think comes to mind too. In that kid-friendly attribute, you know, something we've talked about some on the on the show, um, and Jesse's mentioned before, is the fact that there are times when we need to to reverse engineer in a sense and go, you know what, I need to make a kid-friendly cash because there's really not that many in my area that have the, that attribute which if it doesn't have the attribute doesn't necessarily mean it's not kid friendly but it may be that the kids weren't really thought about and mm-hmm. that's sort of sad so and and you really do need to think about where you're sending kids right if you're building caches that you want kids um to go to mm-hmm. think look around not from adults perspective but look around from a younger person's perspective and think because the kid may be arriving on a bicycle. We know a lot of young kids do a bicycle. We had somebody at our at our mega event recently. The kid was he was going to bicycle himself there. Luckily, his neighbor drove him because it had been too far. But yeah, you know, we've had kids show up on bicycles and caches and stuff, and they don't have any adults around them at all. So you really do need to think through that. But before we run out of time, there's two big questions we want to make sure we get to. And we yeah. may have some more time too. But these are important. The one we've already kind of alluded to, so we didn't put you on the spot. But um, you know, kind of the favorite cash, the question we ask everybody, what's been your favorite experience or most unique and from the, you know, whether it's a harrowing terrain or, you know, just a cool experience overall. And then we'll get to the other question I'll, I'll set you up for, but we'll let you get to it afterwards is the future of geocaching. Those are the two big things we like to ask everybody, but mm-hmm. those are such hard questions. We'll make sure we 
give you a second to think too. So kind of if you were going to tell somebody like about geocaching today and they want to hear like your coolest story, what do you think would be your most unique experience or just your favorite one that you tell people? And you may have told people tons of times, but what's probably that story you would tell? See, that's not a hard question because I'm at, <laughs> you know, we, 11 and We didn't bring you on for easy stuff, Mark. <laughs> so, there, there's a lot of great, great stories that mm -hmm. I have. And like we were talking about earlier, it's all about the people, what we did, where we went, and the things that mm -hmm. happened. It's still like, um, there's a ton of great stuff. But I think probably one of my like most recent caches that really just like stands out. Um, and it's probably one that a lot of people here have done. But the Bridges and Arches of Central Park. Oh yeah. So whenever I was getting close to my 10,000 cash mark, it was end of February, but I was like, I, you know, I want to go to New York. I've never been to New York and I want to do this bridges and arches cash, you know? So my brother and I, we flew into Newark, went through, uh, we like stayed in downtown Manhattan, did a bunch of caches down there. And then the next morning we woke up, it was 20 degrees. And I was like, well, Woo! okay, I'm not, I'm not leaving without this cash. So we like waited around in the hotel room for, you know, a few hours. We're like, it'll warm up. It'll warm up. Yeah. Um, and so we got on the subway. We went up, started in like the north part of Central Park. And we're both like runners, you know, we're, we're pretty active people. So we're like, oh, it's like that far. It's like three, four hours, maybe. Well, about <laughs> hour six, we were halfway through the park. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was blizzarding like absolute blizzarding oh, no. I, I think it got colder um we couldn't like find a coffee shop in to like recollect our notes nothing like that oh, so yeah. okay just get back out there we finished it um and then we had all our numbers we sat down to do the math and the math didn't math oh, <laughs> no. i don't know where we went no. wrong oh, but no. it was like oh, we had no. like 20 minutes before sunset no and way i don't I mean, I was gonna go to Central Park after dark to finish it, but like, didn't want to go to, <laughs> didn't want to make right. it. Um, so we like got the north to work, and when I was like, okay, well, looking at you know north to south in this park, it's probably somewhere around here. If we you know change this number to this, we can make the west this, and it was just like a complete shot in the dark. And we're like, okay, well, let's let's go like look, um, and we ended up finding the thing, oh, and wow. I, oh. I got to sign incredible my ten thousandth cash but it was just a great story and like that cash is just phenomenally laid out mm -hmm. um you know central park in general is just an awesome place like one of the bridges we literally saw a proposal happen um wow. we saw several weddings a bunch of dogs and like horses and all the <laughs> things around the park so like it was just awesome and like to get to share that with my brother was an awesome experience yeah too, so that's just like the whole, the whole combination of it all was, was just great. And I've seen people like recently, I'm not going to like point fingers or, you know, call out names, but like people like asking like, Oh, you know, you know, is the final in this part of the park? Or it's like, just, just do the experience. Don't you do it yourself. Yeah. Cash because good. it's phenomenal. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Do it. I mean, that's we had the guy on one this years ago, but we had the guy on who, who's the owner of that cash and yeah it's a it, it's such a great experience and um you know that the the excitement and the you know the way you told that story it's like that's a great story for any age you know but yeah oh yeah but you know really it's something that you know even teens can can you know sort of you know that are you know 
they don't want, like you said, they don't want to find a guardrail. But if you tell them the story about all of the, all that you have to go through, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, you know, in, in New York, you know, in, in New York city to get, you know, to get this cash, it's, it's a great experience. And that's something that I think so many of us can, can sort of possibly relate to. We need to tell these stories, you know, of, to people and share the, share the experience and, and get all ages, you know, to be excited yeah. about that. So I'll share another one really quick yeah, here. Um, yeah. Whenever I was in New or Delaware two weeks ago, I was with one of my mm. other buddies, college age friend. Um, there was a, or maybe it was New Jersey. I don't know. There was a webcam that was on the beach. There. Oh, okay. And and you had like we walked out the boardwalk to get on the beach, and we got stopped, and we're they're like, you need a pass to get on the beach. Like you have to pay. <sighs> so we're like, okay, well, we drove all this way, so like let's go to the little guard shack and like the whole joke this trip we kept running into state parks that you needed to like pay to get (laughs) into so like yeah um are you you all familiar with the the concept of riz yes yes (laughs) i mean middle middle school i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i teach middle school so Um, yeah so he would not talk to any of like the guard shack people or any of the ticket booth people and so i would always be the the person to go and be like okay we're on a treasure hunt. It's really, really important. We just need to <laughs> run out there, get a clue, and then we'll be we'll be on our way. It's like a race. We we got to be really quick and like you know. So it's just kind of like hype up what what we're doing, right? Um, and we were led on the beach, and it saved us like thirty bucks. And we got the webcam, and then we got off. And so <laughs> there you go. I love it. Hey, I yeah, love it's, it. it's all about how you present the yes, the yes, absolutely. Yeah, if you can talk, you can talk your way into stuff like that. That's perfect. You just yeah. added to the you just added to your story right there, you know. Yeah. That is a skill that pays dividends over and over. So um so sure. we're gonna run out of time, but we we would be wrong if we didn't ask you what do you think the future of geocaching looks like? Um I think with anything, we've seen a lot of surges of geocaching, ebbs and flows. Um we've seen the rise of challenge caches, the, the fall of challenge caches, and like the resurgence of challenge caches. Um, mm-hmm. Where I'm at mm-hmm. over near Virginia, Virginia actually banned geocaches in uh, Department of Transportation areas. So signs, guardrails, um, rest stops, all those sort of things. So I think a lot of the rules and stuff that were put in place early, uh, now people are kind of figuring out what geocaching is. It's starting to become a little bit more mainstream. People are seeing the benefits of it, especially from a touristic standpoint. Um, I know the national parks are starting to ease up a lot of their rules about putting caches in parks and earth cache submissions and different mm-hmm. things like that. So it's definitely promising to see geocaching show up as um, kind of like a little bit more forefront in like pop culture. It's showing mm-hmm. up in TV shows more often. It's showing up mm-hmm. in movies. So I, I think that's a very hopeful sign. Um, I am optimistic that Groundspeak will continue to, you know, proactively promote these partnerships, especially with like GeoTours and the, mm-hmm. the different things that they're doing in the community, um, I think would be great. Um, if we can just get, I think, the, the fan base of geocaching and the community that play it, um, if we can be a little bit more open to allowing new players to come in, 
and a little bit more mindful, like you said, with like the hiding caches specifically for kids and then maybe right. hiding, you know, adventure labs a certain way or teaching people more to do where I guess. I think if we all just work together a little bit more as a community, um, we can foster this game and it can live on a lot longer um, and hopefully more laws and regulations will be lifted and maybe Groundspeak will be a little bit more forgiving with what they allow cashiers to do. Um, just so everyone can have a great experience and the players that really, you know, want to propel this game forward um, can have the ability and the options and the resources available to kind of introduce the next generation of cashers. I love that. Do you, is there anything like, like the VR things they played or, or the AR things they played with for a little while or anything you'd like to see in the future That'd of like great. something added to the game and you don't have to figure out the technical aspects of it, right? Just something that you think would be a cool possibility in the future um okay so i've always thought challenge caches should be their own attribute and or not own attribute but own icon mm -hmm. and they would only appear whenever you qualify for the challenge or like maybe they'd be grayed out kind of like a disabled cache is right um and then when it, oh, like you can idea. see what the requirement is, but you can't see any of the details. And then whenever you do finally qualify for it, it like lights up on your map or like something a little bit cooler happens. So there's more of an incentive to, to work towards these. Um, I was oh, at an God. event a, a few weeks ago and someone mentioned having like a annual like cash. What, what, how'd they frame it? Like a cash course, like an online course where cash hiders could go through like every year and like renew like a certificate. And if mm -hmm. you renewed the certificate, like the, the reviewer might be a little bit more lenient with what you're allowed to do. Um, I know I've been in some instances where it's like, I have a really cool idea for a cache, but it's like in this gray area of like, how do you interpret these rules? And like, I interpret it one mm -hmm. way, and my reviewer interprets it another way. And like, ultimately they know a lot more context to the rules than I do. But I just feel like there's some really neat opportunities um, out there especially you know cool locations and different things that can be done to tell these stories in a unique way that might be a little bit outside of the the realm of what geocaching currently is mm -hmm. um but if we have innovators in this in the game in, in the space that are willing to put in the work and create these really awesome caches they can be like staples in the community not widely spread here it's a free-for-all but, you know, if these select few cachers have access to do these more experimental types of caches, they could become more mainstream. So I think that would be an interesting idea to kind of explore and, you know, see like what that. is on like the horizon a, there. Like a master's level certificate of, oh, man, I'd be all over that, obviously. Yeah. I don't know how that would ever work, but it's, it sounds awesome. I like it. Yeah, it's tough juggling, you know, new cashers that want to hide caches compared to people that have hidden hundreds caches. We all kind of have to play by the same rules and like mm -hmm. that makes sense and it's for the integrity sure. of the game and Groundspeak doesn't want to do anything that's going to get the game shut down or any new laws made that we don't want. Right. So like it makes sense, but you know, every now and then I come up with a cache idea where it's like I just wish, you know, maybe uh <sighs> could could let something happen, but maybe in the future yeah. we'll see. No, I love that Very idea. Cool. Yeah. There's, um, you know, there's, there's ways to kind of, like you said, kind of see it through project GC. You can kind of filter mm -hmm. yourself through, but like you said, there's no way to, they're not fully integrated and that'd be cool if the two of them, the 
you know, if Groundspeak and Project GC would completely get together, like fully, then mm -hmm. they could possibly, That'd like nice. you said, Mark, they would, they could sort of integrate that into the, the map, like you said, where you're like, oh, why is this one grayed out? And you look at it and you're like, oh, this is interesting. I, you know, never mm -hmm. thought about that. So I, I love that idea. It's the same idea. concept as whenever you first download the app and it doesn't show you any caches above a difficulty or terrain two. Mm -hmm. I see it kind of like that way where it's like you find one cache and then like you get access to new caches and new opportunities and new things. Um, just right. different, different ways. I don't know. So, something to spice it up a little bit, but obviously geocaching is such a community focused game that you know, it's up to us to put out the caches, put out the experiences. And there's just, you can't police that, you know, you have to yeah. all play by yeah. the same rules and that sort of thing. So. Yep. Oh yeah, Very for sure. Cool. I like it. Any, because uh, we got to give away something still. Yeah. Any, anything we haven't touched on that you think we, we should have hit. I know we're always, we get off on tangents a lot. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, okay. you know, everything that we've talked about is great. Um, I think the future of geocaching is really promising, especially mm -hmm. as a, yeah, I've done a lot of work with tourism bureaus and like mm -hmm. even from the university, uh, we've talked about using geocaching to recruit for, for oh, college visits cool. and kind of showcase the campus and different things. So there's a lot of use case applications and I'm glad to see that it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. So it's exciting to see what else is going to happen, where the future is. Yeah. Well, we are, we're thrilled you got to be with us tonight, Mark. I'm I'm glad it, everything worked out timing wise, and um, uh, I I'm hoping and I feel good about um, our future in with geocaching, the sport of geocaching. Uh, Jesse, I think we've got some. It's going to be in good hands when we're old and feeble, and we can turn turn this whole game over to Mark and and crew so i'm never giving <laughs> up i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh all right so we are going to give something away um so i'm going to bring up the tonight was hashtag mark i should it's actually it was capitalized at one point i don't know how i got it down to that but because mark is his better. name although mark does put his mark on a, a cash but that's different um, so yeah, if you haven't done that yet, you'll need to do a hashtag mark, either capital or not. It it takes it either direction, so it'll accept it. But uh, we're about to punch the button and see where it lands and see who's won. I've got um, several coins that are possible. I will show them really quickly. Once I've got, I'll tell you real quick. I got guitars. I still got a red guitar. I've got some of our old coins back in the day, our uh, mm -hmm. Geocache Talk network ones. I still have a few buffalo or bison, depending how you want to say it. But uh, I've got the copper and I have the, the uh, silver. So I've got a few of those. And, um, yeah, all those bath are available. Tag. Always a bath tag too, right? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you automatically get the path tag. Yeah, I've got the deep dive path tag. Yeah, that's a that's an auto automatic on that one. So, all right. Uh, well, here we go. Punching the button. Let's see who wins. So here yes. we go. Round and round it goes. I just push the button. I don't pick who wins. As you notice, I just push one button. So, 
There we go. Roy won last week. So the winner There's tonight Lions is. Rigged. There you go. Nope, not rigged. There's Brad. Okay. Brad, you're the winner, my friend. Um, yep, right around she goes. So, uh, Brad, get, get in touch with me. And um, I think I need to go double, double check. I think that's his second win. Let me double check. You only get, we're only letting you do two wins. So, anyway, that I will double check that. Rules. Who cares? Rules are made to be broken. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I wish my uh, reviewers the same way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, really, really. But can you imagine if they didn't have reviewers? There would it would be. Oh, it'd be chaos. It'd be a. Oh my gosh, it'd be terrible. (laughs) It'd be a yeah. It'd be it'd be crazy. Uh, Again, thanks everybody. Thank you, Mark, for being on being on tonight. Thanks for Um, having me. A lot of fun, absolutely. Uh, And yeah, you know, uh, we got to do a where I go show one day and talk about how to do it. I know some people are uh, struggling, so. Jesse, I, I just think still think, well, where it goes are only for advanced cashers. If you can't do it, you'll, you'll get there one day. <laughs> you'll get there one day. <laughs> well, people complain uh, about like, oh, my phone doesn't run them or the app doesn't work. And I'm like, mm, no, the person probably didn't code it right. That's yeah, the, exactly. The issue is probably yeah. there and not you, but yeah, there just you go. stick with it. I promise it's worth it. It's mm-hmm. worth it. Agreed. All right. All right. That's it. Um, and um, we'll see you guys. Um, Sunday we have a geocache talk, uh, and we're going to talk. We're going to ju- we're going to jump onto the beach, get your suntan lotion out, your beach umbrella if people still do that kind of thing, uh, and we're going to talk about Geocoin Fest on Sunday. So we'll see you uh, see y'all not then. So not that guy. He is I'll on the road. On the beach, He's but you'll be on the yo. You actually well, literally actually, yeah I'll be on the, in the ocean that day. But yeah, so. you'll be in the ocean. Well, picking up a be, couple I'll, new countries this week. So on the ocean. That's awesome. So, all right. Good night, everybody.